0: podcast technically it's a continuation of episode 104 but we're gonna call it 105 anyway so um appreciate those that have already listened to it or watched on youtube and reached out to me definitely appreciate the love and the support and a lot of the people here in the city from that perspective but um i got two guys with me Uh, dj he was on a couple episodes when we were talking about Kevin
1: Samuels. So, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> that was some
0: good ones. And then, uh, shout out my guy Mario. I've I mentioned him several times on the podcast with, uh, My Therapist Made Me Do This Podcast. So now we can officially put a face with the name. Plus, you done the, uh, Gucci versus Jeezy with me. And I think we might have been on another
1: one. But I anyway, think that's,
2: uh, a- that was it we i gotta do better bro i gotta do better my bad
1: no honestly i think i think
0: it has been twice i don't know what we talked about was you in turkey then yep okay maybe it was that's yeah, so why i said man we're climbing on up that ladder man i'm getting old i'm getting old <laughs> but officially man welcome welcome to the podcast welcome back both of y'all and um just to recap real quick um i did a conversation based on an incident that happened here in Louisville over the weekend where um, five teenagers were shot down at the waterfront by the walking bridge. And it's been an ongoing conversation because for a few summers now, it's just been craziness going on as it relates to our youth and teenagers and things like that. So we were just having a conversation, just trying to give thoughts on what we can do as a whole or a community or, you know, some of the, the things that we can do to try to help remedy, uh, remedy this. And Mario reached out to me as well as DJ. So. Floor is yours, man. Whoever wants to go first, feel free. Um, Mario knows a few things you said that you did agree with, but it was some that you disagreed with. So I'm I'm anxious to hear what's going on, man.
2: Man, so, uh, Trying to figure out where to where to actually start. So first off, shout out to uh, shout out to E and Coach uh, for a great episode, man. I know, uh, like I'm from Atlanta, so being in a big city, I totally understand like how things like ebb and flow, and how you know things used to be and how things are. So I I can understand how frustrating it is sometimes being a being an old head, and you see the way you know your community is, man. It's hella it's hella frustrating, um, man, just i don't even know where to start so let's let's go let's start with the the parents should take responsibility for the kids' uh action so okay. i'm kinda I'm kind of indifferent on that i I'll be honest with you so I think uh if my kids are outside playing you know football or something, they break a window absolutely you know you come over you talk to me yeah we're going we're gonna make sure everything is cool. I think when you start talking about more um heinous crimes a bigger crime, man, I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see how it's beneficial to blame parents in addition to the kids because uh, essentially you're basically saying, well, this this kid wasn't raised right and this kid, you know, didn't learn right from wrong. When the truth is, man, y'all could have went to that pier and you could have talked to that fool that was shooting or just some kids, that, any kids are doing something crazy. Most kids know right from wrong. They just choose to make dumb decisions along the way. And as a parent, you hope that one day the light bulb comes on and they get it. I don't necessarily think that every kid that does something stupid comes from a bad home. I think a lot of the times, like peer pressure, your environment kind of, you know, going through that phase where you're trying to fit in, I think that plays a huge part in it, too. And I don't know if I necessarily feel like parents should be, take the primary responsibility of a kid committing a crime or a child committing a crime. That's just me. No, I get it.
0: You know what? what? And it makes perfect sense. And DJ, I'm gonna give you the floor here in a second. And I guess it, it might be better if I put all of this into context because it got so bad here to where now you can't be under the age of 17 and come in the mall without a legal guardian. Because kids were just coming in the mall. I'm talking about full mobbing people, like just coming up, hitting them in the back of the head, trying to rob people, fights, breaking out. So none of the malls here, like there's a curfew. After a certain amount of time, you have to have a legal guardian. Then I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, it was maybe what, about two or three summers ago where all those teenagers was running around downtown, breaking windows and I'm talking about like mobs. Yeah, yeah out of control kids and that's why I sent you that list of the schools just to kind of put Ooh. things in perspective because I'm saying that like this is a everyday thing like this is a come like you know of course every city every place has their troublesome kids and you may have those incidents here and there and that's where I agree with you wholeheartedly like you can't just put that on the parents but this is a collective group summer after summer, and they're just going to public places basically terrorizing things to the point to where it's like, I don't even feel safe taking my family anywhere. And I guess that's kind of the, the overall message when we start talking about parenting, because like I said to you earlier, it's like, okay, this is going on in school. Now that school is out, they're straight taking this, To the streets. And this is where DJ, you come in and play it because these are some of the things you see on a regular basis. And at least you're there to intervene, to try to stop it while you're in school. Well, now you on the streets, there's not anybody there. So unless what happened over the weekend, five kids get shot. You know, what I'm saying who's there to to regulate what's going on. And I guess that's kind of where like, the city is just begging and crying for a solution and everybody's just trying to pinpoint and just figure out how do we lose so many kids? You see what I'm saying?
1: Man, <laughs> can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, you coming in quick. Uh, man, oh, yeah. look, I said, why not on the parents 100%? See, th- this is my take. Me, I work in a middle school, so that's on the ages where they getting into hitting their puberty stages, hormones out of control, sixth, seventh and eighth graders, cause I work security. So I deal with everything and all of it. It's not like, you know, you're a teacher, you're a sixth grade teacher. You don't know what's going on with seventh and eighth grade. Like I'm straight in it and I deal with the fights. I'm the mediator. I call parents and everything. So like when, I say it's it's on the parents because the kids they didn't choose to be in this world. So right. now that these kids are here, now you have a duty. Now you have to sacrifice. You have to do whatever you can to make sure that that kid has the best possible outcome. And the biggest issue, and I'm gonna ruffle some feathers, but I can care less. But it's single parent households. Well, literally.
2: Okay, so ready to do it. Yeah.
1: house home. I'm gonna say it because look, it goes like this: every single one of them kids that was downtown, that was probably in middle school, under 16 years old, parents don't know where the kids are, because it's a single parent house home. I will tell you, in my school, in middle school, all my kids who's getting into fights, having issues, being disrespectful, was either raised by a single parent. Or grandma literally mm. one mm. of those two and it was very rare where i have a kid literally the kid probably that got into a fight what might be in a two-parent house home is because the other kids started it and they was the the ones defending themselves or they just got to a boiling point to where they felt like that they was getting bullied and they went off now so you gotta
0: defend yourself, yeah
1: yeah so yep. you know and, and this is what I see, and I would literally say nine times out of ten, dude. I literally had to make phone calls. And when you said on the on the uh, the first part with Ian Coach, uh, when you something about how you'll you'll make the phone call, and the parents is like, well, what did you say to them to make them off go the, off? off the
0: rip, bro? They immediately go to that, like,
1: damn, like your kid can't do nothing. No, nah, I get oh. it dude, it's, it's, it's been so ridiculous to the point to where like suspending them ain't enough and I don't know what coach does because I remember he was talking about how they really don't be suspending the kids or whatever because I think he worked with elementary right? Yep, he's in the elementary I said, okay, so that... my
0: wife are in the same building and like I said by me volunteering to coach, when I come in I see all of this stuff and that's why I'm saying like it amazes me When I walk through the doors and you hear some of the things that are coming from eight and nine year olds, and these are things that even as a man, I don't even say around my elders, you know what I'm saying? Like I Mm -hmm. and but it goes back to some of the layers that y'all trying to peel because Mario, I see your reactions over there. And it's like (laughs) once he touched on that single parent household, like those are major factors in all of that. So while your thoughts is is, is rumbling over, I'm I'm going to turn it back over to you, man. You want to uh elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So so DJ, let me let me I'm glad you brought up the single parent home. So now this may not this this is going to be a bad generalization because this may not be every single parent, right? But most single parents, I was at the state of the economy right now. Most single parents are working one, two jobs, uh working long hours. So the time that a normal two parent household you would assume would have to like rear their children or be involved like you know, like we are, like they may not have that opportunity. So when I when I when I hear people say like you blame the kids, so let's think about it. If they if all fifty states made a made a rule, made a law that said, All right, your kid commits a crime, it's all on the parents, who's that predominantly gonna target? It's gonna target low income families, particularly hmm single parent was at that. So you think if they're working longer hours, uh, they don't have time to pour into their kids. I was reading some states, they take a driver's license, um, freaking, they put liens on your home. I was reading this one lady, her kid, uh, she had to pay a fine for truancy and she couldn't afford it. She got sent to jail because she couldn't pay the truancy fine for her kid, and then she died. Like, she died in jail. So I'm just like, I don't it's, so it, it's nuts. So it's almost, I think it's I think it's actually bigger than the parents. I think Coach was saying that like you can't just say it's on the parents. I think it's way deeper than the parents. Like I was telling Adrian, like this is like a generational issue where you have kids, you have, I hate to say women, but I I know women. I can show you the screenshot that would rather have, they want to have kids, but they don't want a man to have nothing to do with the situation. They have no desire to have a uh, traditional home, so to speak. It's like I just want to have kids. I just need a man to just come help me produce this child, and that's it. And I was in here like, wait a minute. So you you've already deemed us as the man, which is typically in a normal home, like the father is the person that's kind of the disciplinarian or the person is kind of like, hey, you're getting you're getting crazy. Like get back in the straight and narrow. But like it's almost like people don't want that anymore. Like we we've glorified this this independence of society where like we don't need anybody we need any help from anybody and you know don't even get me started on the it takes a village thing which i hope we kind of get into in a second because i feel like we have lost that as as a whole and when you start talking about things to improve man like i can't be i can't i'm at my i coach i coach high school basketball i'm at my kid's school six days a week but -hmm. i can't be there all the time i can't be there for every period so somebody like dj i would be like dj hey Man, keep an eye on Jay, man. Just make sure he ain't doing that stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if he I do, hey, you got the green light to check him. You know what I'm saying? But like you yep. said, when you call parents, the first thing they say is, oh, what did you say to him? Well, no. Nah. What did your kid come to school and do? I wouldn't have to say nothing to your kid if they were doing what they were supposed to do. But we have, we have gone away from wanting ability to help raise our kids. I can't be everywhere at one time. So I rely on a lot of people, teachers, coaches. They call me for everything. But for some reason, parents nowadays, they don't want you to say nothing to their kids. And they want them to just run amok like crazy. They're just like,
1: that's See, but that, that's, that's the crazy part. Like, yeah, it do take a village. And what I mean by it takes a village, it, it starts in the home. But then you have to allow the teachers and administrators of the school to do their part. And then if it comes back on you, you have to do back your part. And one big thing that is a solution is these kids getting involved. They need to get involved in something, whether if it's a sport, a club, something that they're passionate about, shoot, church, I don't care what it is, these kids need to get involved in something. If they don't involve, that time is going to, they're going to occupy their time with something negative, especially when it comes to that single parent household. And when a single parent has to, like you said, work one or two jobs, three jobs, like that's all that time where these kids are raising themselves. Kids are raising kids because these kids... Are being raised by parents that are young of, young of age and you know thinking that they still 18 years old and they all love 37, right. still trying to live the 21 year old life, single. I'm independent, strong, don't need no man. Sit your butt down, sit down. That's <laughs> not the that's not goals,
0: but you know what, and Just to piggyback off of that real quick, because y'all both touched on on two great things, and I'm glad we're having this conversation, because, Mario, you literally just kind of changed my perspective on what I said yesterday in terms of, like I said, I was just throwing out some off-the-wall resolution when I was mentioning, like, okay, hold the parents accountable for their kids' actions. But once you said, okay, if you have a single-parent household and this parent is constantly working just to keep things afloat, then this child does have that freedom of or that sense of I can go out here and do whatever I want to with no consequences because my mom or dad is not here to monitor it, then it does cause a problem because the parent is already in a situation where they're trying to make ends meet, and yep. that right there would open up a whole nother can of worms. So salute to you with that, and I'm glad we're on here because now it's like, damn, like, You said, who would that impact the most? And when you sit back and really, really think about that, you're like, dang. And then, DJ, you saying the kids have to get involved in more activities, and that's why I shared that post this morning, and I I saw where you commented on it, Mario. And this was another mother from here locally, here in Louisville. And I'm saying that I feel like that's important because it's the summertime, and going back to single parent households and things like that, if these parents are at work and they're trusting these kids to do what a normal kid would do, because I know for myself, my parents used to be like, hey, we're going to work. Don't let nobody in this house. If I find out anybody was in this house. I'm busting your ass when I get back home. Yep. <laughs> Don't answer this phone. Don't do like they they laid down the law and we were fearful enough to know that, hey, I'm not going out this door. I'm not answering the door. I'm not doing nothing. Until they come back home, where nowadays it's like you have that fear that it's like, all right, as soon as I walk out the door, either my kid is sneaking some little girl in the house or some little boy in the house, or as soon as I'm gone, they gone. And then for you know it, kids get involved in, in selling and doing stupid stuff, and it's like that's where I feel we have to keep them going, keep them involved in things so that it keeps their mind occupied. It ain't necessarily yep. a sense of... Me saying that dropping them off at boys and girls clubs and things equate to great parenting or nothing like that is just trying to figure out a way to keep their minds occupied so they don't turn
1: to the streets.
0: You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, like and I
0: think that's
2: oh, go ahead, DJ.
1: No, 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 go ahead, man.
2: So I was gonna say, uh, you know, when and when you say like I I agree with what you're saying, it just like the way she worded it, I was just like, I got you, but like Having your kids busy is one thing, like that's great because you know it does occupy their time. But like as a parent, you still have to you know make sure right. that you're locking in and taking care of them as well. Like you're doing the parenting part, not just dropping my kids off here. Oh, you're done here. We're going to soccer. Oh, you're done here. We're going to football. That's fantastic that you're keeping them busy. But what if you're dropping your kids off and they're still helling? You know what I'm saying? They're giving everybody else hell. So, i and I think coach can probably relate to this too. So going back to where it takes a village, right? When you have single parent kids or, you know, kids that come into situations like that, like DJ said, you know, having your kids involved in sports, and this is where trusting us as coaches come come into play. So, you know, Mm -hmm. this year coaching, I coach basketball this year. And, you know, I'm very good. We make our kids sign a behavior contract. We literally have a whole team building thing. We write out everything like, hey, these are your expectations when you wear a Canyon View basketball jersey. Like you represent not only me, but the school too. So here's what our expectations of you are. Uh, anytime you have any school gear on, your parents are up, your parents aren't sagging off your ass. On game days, you wearing slacks or khaki and a polo shirt. Like that's what you're wearing. And we're we're very, we're very strict on that kind of thing because we want to make sure that we're setting a good example. And hopefully, when they go home, that kind of carries over because they know like, hey, I can't do this because, you know, coach's gonna start tripping on me and I ain't gonna be able to play my sport or do whatever. And you know, you just you kinda hope those things Help translate over to being, you know, a good person, a good young man, or what have you. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. Not because I, when I read that comment, the young lady said, I was just like, ah, I get it. You know, keeping your kids busy is great, but if I'm keeping my kids busy all the time so I can do other stuff, I don't know if that's exactly right.
0: that only
2: don't exactly make you a great parent. That's kind of what I was trying to say. And,
0: and honestly, though, but it's like, and after this DJ, I'll I'll let you touch back on it. Um, I guess to better explain why I shared it, because in my opinion, I feel like at this point in time, this city in particular, Louisville, is in a crisis. Like every year we've shadowed the previous year for homicides, like constant, like you see a pattern like so, so many parents are just like begging and pleading for something to be done. So now it's just like everybody's just trying to offer some form of a solution to like, what is it? What can be done? So when I, when I see these things via social media and that's coming from somebody, I have no idea who it was, but I was just reading it and I was just saying to myself, I'm like, bro, like that is a powerful message because it's to me. I promise you, bro. Like if we ride downtown right now, waterfront after somebody just five kids just got shot two days ago. I bet if I ride down there right now at this moment, You'll probably see 200 teenagers right back out there again. And somebody's out there fighting. Somebody's just, and it's like, it just keeps going on and on and on. And every summer is the same thing. And it just keeps like a snowball, bro. And I'm like, what is it that can be done? And it's easier said than done, of course. Um, former L player, uh, Mr. Valentine, you know what I'm talking about, DJ? Mm-hmm. He does a free camp all summer long, all age groups. And he, he, he makes it free for this reason that we're talking about. He's like, any opportunity that I have to just try to bring these kids in here, teach them the game, teach them just common daily skills that they can use, not even in basketball, but outside of basketball. He said he's been doing this camp for 30 years. I put my kids in it for the first time. And as soon as they walked through the door, he pulled everybody center court. He said, I got rules. No sagging. You're going to address everybody as yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Da, da, and that, as soon as I heard it, I was sold. Because yep. I had an incident when I was coaching here in elementary. I pulled a kid to the side because he's being disruptive, causing issues. And I'm sitting there talking to him. And he's looking down at the floor. So then that's when coach come over. He's talking to him. I'm like, look, man, when somebody's talking to you, look them in their eye. If he asks you a question, yes, sir, no, sir, he wouldn't say it. And I'm sitting there like, Mm. but then it's like, when you bring it to the parents, the parents kind of push back on it too. And it's kind of like, you're not going to make my kids say no, sir. And yes, sir. And it's like, (laughs) oh
2: God, I hate that.
0: At that point, it's like, well, now you got to stay on that thin ice on when this kid acts out in practice, like we had to threaten to send kids home and even that didn't work. You all know for yourself, bro. When coach used to tell us, get on the line. We man, oh damn.
2: Yep. We, all yeah. right, I don't want to run man. suicides.
0: I don't want to <laughs> run bleachers. Like, that's all coach had to say was get on the line. Yep. And we was every all the horsing around and goofing off, it was done. We threaten these kids to run suicides. They're laughing and goofing off while they're running suicides. And man. it's like, what can you do, man?
1: Right. And uh I'm glad you touched on that because like, when you was thinking about a, another solution and another solution is just don't become that statistic. Just as parents, don't put your kids in that position to where they are in that group. See, as a coach and working in the school system, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do at school. If I touch a kid uh, to be better than they thought that they could ever be, uh, whether it's in the classroom or a coach, that's great, but outside or doing all this extra stuff, like that's that's, that's, kind of like, why am I gonna pour so much energy into somebody else's kid when I got my own kids? I'm gonna pour all that energy into them for them to be the best uh, version of themselves that they can be. So then when they grow up, they're gonna be a uh, a great member uh, in society. They're going to uh, excel. So I'd rather put my energy in my own kids, but at the same time, like when I'm at school or when I'm at work, I'm doing, that's my part as a village. But anything on the outside of that, it's like I'm taking away from my own kids because I don't want them to be grouped in that. So I'm going to do whatever I can do for mine first. And that is a solution to uh, make sure that your kids don't become a statistic. Make sure that they not in that crowd. Make sure that they... Are doing what they are supposed to do, that they are responsible. So I'm not gonna, you know, do all this extra here, extra there for this child's, for for this, for, for this child when the own parents could care less on what's going on. Cause at that point, it's almost like, what can you do? Just like what you said. Like kids is over here laughing and stuff, and parents is going along with it, like the yes, sir and no sir and stuff like that. It's almost like, okay, why should I care more than you? on how important this is. So I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do here, but anything else on the outside, it's kind of like, good luck. Shoot, <laughs> do you? But I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna put this energy into my kids because they're gonna excel. Because we know as parents that the more attention you bring into your kids, the better that they do. So, hey, that, that's just me, I mean, you can say that that's hey, DJ. you wrong. You're gonna leave the kids like that. Heck yeah, I'm gonna leave the kids like that because they're not my responsibility. <laughs> it is <what> <laughs> I'm about to go super saying on them, dude. I'm not. How you supposed
0: to be laughing? That was supposed to be a serious conversation. Right. But you know what?
2: We're serious, you know what? DJ. We're serious, bro.
0: Like, hey, man. <laughs> but that's an that's a interesting point. It really is, and, and Mario again. I'll, I'll I'll throw it back over to you real quick. I just want to touch, oh on yeah, it just real quick, because I agree and I disagree a little bit. And what I say, what I what I mean by that is, I'll use myself. I was able to hang out with some people that I maybe shouldn't have hung out with, but I was able to distinguish what activities not to get involved with it. Once I saw them start doing certain things, I knew, all right, I need to go the other way. I credit my parents for that. But at the same time, I knew like, all right, no. So my parents did a great job of teaching me right from wrong and doing all of that. But as it pertains to everybody else, I think me volunteering to coach I signed up for the obligation of no matter how hard it is, I got to try to reel this kid in in some shape, form, or fashion. I've been uh, coaching now for about, what, this is my third year, third or fourth year, and every year I've had a kid that I'm talking about give us hell, but no matter what, I'm still every day trying to get this kid to see things from my perspective. Even this kid that we was just talking about, we did a banquet. I gave this big old speech and talked about how me and this kid argued every day. And by the time I finished my speech, this kid was smiling, the parents were smiling. They came up and talked to me. He's like, thank you. We trying to get him. Just keep keep working with us. We gonna get him right. We gonna do what we need to do. And I'm saying to myself, that was a mission accomplished. Where some people are like, nah, I can't handle it. And then push them back out there and then that's how they end up going the wrong way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: So it's no, like, no, I get it. But everybody, I, I get it. I ain't everybody, saying. but I'm, but I'm see, saying but no, I'm... <laughs> no but, <laughs> go without, go but, but but no, you're right, you're right about that. Because uh, I mean, as a coach, you doing what you got to do when you're in when, when you're basically clocked in, and mm-hmm. you doing everything you got to, going above and beyond as a coach. I get that. Yeah, definitely. But I'm saying after all that is done like all the extra stuff like it's Saturday and you know you want to get a call a hey, little Johnny acting up like can you say that such and such no I'm not doing that like that that's your time you, look, that, you pour that energy into the But here we go. And I'll get them on but Monday. Hold on. But
2: But hello DJ so hey, let me jump in real quick. Okay, so Okay, okay. If you're DJ if you're getting phone calls like that that means that that child, that parent, that whoever, they view you as somebody that's influential in that kid's life. And it may, I mean, you might not get paid for it, but on the weekend, you know, they are saying, Hey man, Mr. DJ, man, I'm going through some, some crazy shit right now. Can you help me out? Like a lot of times, a lot of these kids, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because you, you, you broke up fights, all kinds of crazy stuff at school, but like. Sometimes kids just need somebody to see that they give a damn about them. And that's that's what I've learned and just from mentoring kids. Like, it, sometimes when you tell a kid, like, yo, like, I'm not leaving till you get this right, but we're going to sit here and finish this till you get it right. Like, I know you're smarter than what you're letting me out, leading me on the beat. So I want you to be great. And kids just break down crying because they just, they've never had anybody tell them, like, yo, like, I believe in you and you need to quit doing all this dumb shit because I see greatness in you. So like maybe maybe they look at you as like,
1: man, DJ cool. it, it, Yeah, you're right. They do. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, he said, look, Hold I on. done broke up enough fights, Hold man. On. <laughs> on Saturdays, I'm I'm
0: done. Just-
1: <laughs> no, because no, I mean because I, I look <laughs> at it like, you know, like you have to do your part. I'm doing my part as the village when it's my time. If it's right. if it's my little daughter's birthday on Saturday, you calling me up when they about to say happy birthday. Hey, I need you to talk to Ooh. little Johnny like he's really <laughs> acting up or something. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get with him on Monday. Like nothing extra, <laughs> nothing like that, but like right. do what you got to do. I'll get with him on Monday because I'm not about to sacrifice my time for your child from the decisions that you made and why they acting like that for me to have to step in. I'm not their father. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm languishing that responsibility to Whoever else, whoever that kid's father is, uncle, granddad, mom, grandma, get them involved at this moment, but I'll get him on Monday. And that's, that's how I roll. That's me because all my extra attention, all my time, they're going to, they're going to my kids, they're going to my wife, they're going to my household because as the leader of my household, I got to make sure that I'm leading, you know, uh, my kids into being upstanding citizens, respectable Doing everything that I can do, and know that Daddy was always there. So I Absolutely. mean, you know, anybody can call it any old way, uh, any you know, say, "Oh man, dang, that's still messed up." I mean, nah. forget get your feelings, like I don't care. <laughs> like I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. then stand, like, on, on, how it. It is. stand yeah. on it. Stand on, stand yes, on it, sir. and that's where I feel
0: like, honestly, like I feel like maybe, maybe that is where I have a, a soft spot because. One example that stands out, and it all ties into what we're talking about. I had a kid, came in third grade. You could tell that this kid was going to be a great athlete. Like, this kid had super huge hands and all this and that. And I'm looking at this kid, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm taking him under my wing. This kid used to stay in trouble at school all the time. So the game starts. This kid is so passionate about wanting to play. Every time he misses a layup, he breaks down crying. Every time he get a foul call, he breaks down crying. And I'm like, dog, this this kid just needs something. Come to find out, he's from a single parent household. His mother was always working, so it got to the point to where sometimes after practice, I gotta take him home. When I go to take him home, uh, hopefully. Like I said, I'm not naming any anybody. I'm pretty sure if they listen to it, they'll know who I'm talking about or whatever. But it's like they had a key under the mat. This kid is in the third and fourth grade going into a a house with no adult. So when I saw things like that, I'm like, okay, hey, y'all hungry? Because he had a little brother, too. It's like, when we grab y'all something to eat, da, da, da. I'll stop, get him something to eat before I drop him off. On game days, we got to go pick him up after the game. Y'all hungry. I know what's going on at home. They don't have the resources. They don't have the things like that. So we lost him his fifth grade year because of COVID. We didn't have a season. So even though this kid doesn't play for me anymore, I still, hey, give me your basketball schedule. I'm going to come watch your games. I'm going to come do this and do that. So it's like me putting forth that extra effort, even when I see his mom out at the store, I I saw you (laughs) out. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And come pick him up sometimes. Y'all go to the park, go shoot, go do things like that. I'm not getting paid for it either, but it's like I'm not going to turn down that opportunity. You see what I'm saying? Because it it may make a difference in making sure this kid stays on the right path. Because you already know he has some behavior issues and things like that. So he's teetering. On that, on that scale, you know what I'm saying?
1: Okay, so that situation right there, if uh, if it was daddy, daughter day, and everybody, the girls was all excited, and you got hit Uh-oh. up be like, hey, he really needs you right now, what are you choosing?
2: Yeah, Adrian, what you
1: choosing? <laughs> oh, Lord. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean yeah. by the clock in. Because <laughs> oh, it's hard, like, although you doing everything that you're trying to do to try to help these kids, and do everything so they don't end up as a statistic or whatever like you still got to think of course as the man of your house family comes first and although we may look at these kids and our teams like family like it's not the same thing and although we have a passion for this and a passion for coaching and coaching up these kids and making sure that they stay on the right path and do good in school and uh have good behaviors and all that it's like you can only do so much as that an outsider. True. That is true, and and that's that's my that's my dig on that.
0: That's fair. that's fair. like so I did mean to talk and ramble that much, uh,
1: <laughs> No,
0: no, <laughs> Dude, no, 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 that, <laughs> that
2: was that that was good. And like honestly, like I I respect DJ's opinion. Adrian, you joked about it, but like, hey, maybe he is tired of breaking up fights all the time. And he's just like, yo, like, bro, listen, I'm out here trying, bro. I don't know how many pictures, uh, motivational quotes you want me to get. I don't know. I'm tired. Like, look, it's, it's time for me to take care of my kids. And I will always tip my hat off to anybody that makes their family the priority. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't right. think you're wrong for that at all. I think for me personally, I just I came from a long line of people that could have gave up on me, but they didn't. And even as I transitioned to the military, like, it was just, it was a bunch of people that just saw something in me. And I think just subconsciously, I'm just like, man, shit, I got to go do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to, I got to go help this kid because this might be the next me. Or they might not. Like you said, like, sometimes, like, you can only do so much for people. And I don't know, I don't know when, when you cut the cord for it. I don't, but I... I don't know. It's it's rough, man. It's a it's a it's a weird catch twenty two. It it really is. It's a yeah, weird twenty yeah.
0: it, two. It really is. And at at the end of the day, you have to be able to separate the the scenarios as to why a kid may be acting up. So this is a great conversation because now, reflecting back on what I was saying yesterday, and looking at the situation where this kid may be coming from a broken home and just need Guidance and this may be why he or she is acting out. It ain't necessarily the opposite side where it's just like, man, these kids are just thugs, they criminals, it this and it like some kids just need somebody to grab them and, and pull them in. So it's like thinking about all of that now, it's it's a great conversation, man. It really See, is. See, but
1: you also kind of gotta look at it this way: like you gotta think almost 80% of America is being raised by single mothers. 80%. Ooh. so when we do this are we taking away accountability from the choices that they made in life like you decide to have a baby without requiring marriage you decided to have this baby or you know not give them up to grandma or whatever you knew it was going to be hard you trying your best that's cool but at the same time you can't expect people like us to take scale responsibilities on things when they are not inside the home because you mad because I'm calling you. Y'all touched on this yesterday when it came to calling the parents and and mom's mad because she probably worked third shift and you waking her up because her son or daughter just got into a fight. And it's kind of like, I mean, these are the choices that you made. I'm trying to warn you so you can handle this accordingly because in in the schools, we can only do so much. We can't put hands on them We can't, you know, give them a whooping, you know, ain't no paddling no more. Don't you know that there is only, you can only suspend a kid for 10 days throughout the entire year, 10 days. So if they get suspended one day here, 12 years, you only can go up to 10. After that, you have to suspend them to the board. So when you suspend them to the board, once they get 10 days, if it's not like, let's say they cussed out a teacher, cussed me, cussed out a teacher, whatever, they're not getting suspended for that because they already reached their 10 day max. But if they hit, but but if they put hands on somebody else, then we can suspend them to the board. So like oh, wow. it's, it's so many different <clears throat> channels that you gotta go to that you gotta go through. And the system, the school system is failing the kids. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. The school system is spelling the kids. If y'all knew what rules go down and the only amount of things that we can do, it is horrible. And we try to do whatever we can to do the least restrictive. You going off on a teacher, I got to pull you out to the side. Hey, man, look, what, what's going on, man? Like, oh, no, whatever. She got me messed up, man. And I told her, I told her, I said, I better not see you on the outside. Like, this is the conversations going on. And I got to try <laughs> to calm them down. And then I'm sitting here talking to them like, They're like, you better not put your hands on me. And I tell them, get buck. If you won't get bucked, this is what's gonna happen. Not only are you gonna get dropped, but you're gonna catch a charge because you put your hands on me first. It is what it DJ is, a
2: wild boy, man. DJ is <laughs> a wild boy. <laughs>
1: but but
0: you know what? And and I, I'm glad you're we're right, having Joe. this conversation because, like, it's perfect. Because, like I said, I sent you that list, and it just so happens that one of the schools that's on that list is where he's at, so that's why I, I was trying to paint that picture that it's like. This ain't just when I was going when I was growing up, bro. We might have seen a fight once a month, maybe, Ooh. maybe. And that's why I was saying it's like I, I was saying it yesterday. It's like maybe it's because I'm from such a small place to where this might be coming to y'all. Like y'all just
1: see this on a regular. Nah, it, it, not when we was growing up, it wasn't common. Not this common. I think that COVID really messed up a lot of kids' social skills and Absolutely. being in the house like you got to think especially when it came to fifth graders because when, when we when we all left school and they shut it down like they didn't like a fifth grader didn't get to finish the end of the fifth grade year then the sixth grade year they was cut off nobody went to school and then the year after that it was like you go half a week type thing so they didn't get to really interact or play sports or anything like that and now they over here in the eighth grade now and it's kind of like Dang, like no. how do I act? <laughs> hey, like it was, it was a mess, and I had that list too. I looked at that list, and I was like, "Dang, was it really that many?" Because so what, many was going through my mind.
0: But what was so alarming is like the elementary schools that was on there, and like I said, we had to play against some of them schools basketball on you know basketball season, and it's like, I know what I saw at at the school where I help at. So you're trying to tell me that these schools were worse than what I've seen. I was like, I can't even picture that. So that's why, you know, to get back on track of the conversation so we're not just sitting here rambling, it's like, I'm trying to understand how that can be possible for an entire city like that. Like, we're talking about a large group of kids. So yeah, we're, we're watering down solutions and causes and why that is, but it's like, I guess there's, you don't want to say there's no answer for it. You just got to deal yeah. with like, I don't
1: know, mm-hmm. man. That's tough, so, yeah.
0: And that's I'll why I say the system.
1: Go ahead, go ahead, Mario.
2: No, no, no. So actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the system because I believe, I don't remember the young lady who was on uh, yesterday, but I believe she said something about uh, her kids being in private school. Like I think she said like, that's why my kids in private school and uh, when I when I when you showed me that list, the first thing I asked you, I said, "Are these inner city schools?" Because I forgot what, what was the first school, Biffle Biffle. Anyway, seven hundred twenty-two. I said, "Bro, that's a Royal Rumble like two days two days a week." <laughs> but and you're you're absolutely right, DJ. Like the the school system, man. You can go a little further up, like the, the school officials, the mayors, the governors, man. Like it's something about in, inner city schools where they're just like, man, let them be. Like just let them be. We don't want to give, we don't want to pay the teachers. We don't want to give them the resources to be successful. And you couple that with like single parents that are just, you know, just barely making ends meet. So the kids don't have basic stuff, hands, pencils, notebooks, whatever, but some kind of way, they got iPod. Got the new iPod. J's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. The new J's.
2: Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's weird. So like, so you're absolutely right. When you, when you said it a little while back, like, man, like at what point, like, single parents have to start taking accountability but man it it seems like it almost feels like being a single parent in the inner city is like a pandemic in itself but it's like how how long do we punish people for being single parents like all right so you a single parent you made a possible bad mistake like got it but like how do we fix it or like, like do we have resources to help these people and it almost feels like school systems just like it's not worth putting the money into this, this certain area. So we're just going to let it blow up and whatever happens, happens. And we're just going to live with it. And I think that's absolutely crazy.
0: That's basically oh, yeah, that's a, what it yeah. is hell. Yep. I told you, like, when I first moved here and we had to sign our daughter up for kindergarten, we had to go fill out applications. Like, so many kids, so many parents are trying to make sure they send their kids to the quote-unquote best schools and things like that, to where they fill up. You have to, we had to have a letter of recommendation for kindergarten, and I'm wow. like, what wow. in the world is going on? And it's like now she's getting ready to go into middle school, starting next year, and my wife is terrified. Like, what middle school could we possibly send her to, to where we're not subjecting our kids? To things that that list, you know what I'm saying? Like that—that's in the back of my mind now. Like I'm gonna go ahead,
1: send send, send it with me. I got to I Don't was getting ready to say you. the
2: same thing. I was about to say, "Yo, send him to DJ school." Hey, I got her <laughs> <village. laughs> He a part of the village.
1: He a part of the village.
2: Like real life. Hey, so so let me ask y'all this: So we as parents, we do. Don't get offended when I say this, but like we do a great job at like sheltering our kids. Right. You took it out. at of, what out. point. At what point do we say? All right. I know this ain't like the ideal situation, but like I have to expose you to like eventually. Yeah. Like I, and I'm not saying go to like the, the Biffle Elementary School or whatever that number one school was. But like at what point do we say? All right. I've taught you everything you need to know. You know, right from wrong. I've instilled this in you you kind of got to get your first taste of the real world. And public school can be hella overwhelming, especially for kids that have been in like real good schools and you go to like a middle school, it's like, y'all crazy as hell here. Like, at what point hey. do we kind of, do we take the take the leash off, so to speak, and say, all right, man, hey, like, I'm, I'm I kind of let you I'm go glad in the you world. Said
1: that. I'm glad, I'm he, glad yeah, you too, said that. That's where I was going. Go ahead, DJ. Man, cause, uh, shoot, at least, well, at least with me and my experience, like, of of course, as father and the leader of my household and everything like that. Like I have to do certain things that have uncomfortable conversations. Like this is the reality of things. When my daughter was going into middle school and of course she came to the school I was going at cause I know if she go anywhere else she could have went to a better middle school but she chose, she that was her first big decision. Do you want to go here? Or do you want to go to this school with me? And she yeah. was like, I want to go with you which I kind of wanted that because I know what happens in middle school. And me and her sat down, I said, look. I said, "Uh, you know right from wrong. I said, you know how it is. I said, there's gonna be things that happen in middle school that I cannot protect you from. You are going to hear things that you have never heard. You're going to see things that you have never seen. Whether fights uh, back and forth with like boys or girls being like uh, inappropriate, boys being inappropriate like you're going to go through all these things and you're going to see them they might not necessarily happen to you right off but you're definitely going to see them and when i tell you she had a crash a crash course man hey <laughs> but she still went through the whole year got all A's didn't have you no trouble made troubles. sure she was ready she was ready yep see and yep. that's the thing I can do the same thing for Aubrey, bro. I got Look, I swear, look. Right. I might have to pull it. up, dog. We, we might need to have that same talk. Write it down for me or
0: something. Because that's exactly where I was going when I was saying all of that because I'm my kids are green. Super green. And Rain. it's almost Rain. like going back to what you were saying, it's like now I'm I'm at that part where it's like do I introduce it to them a little bit like no lie, like I've gotten to the point to where now, when I'm in the car, just me and my son, every now and then I'll play one or two rap songs and may let some f bombs and this and that go. Like they they know what cuss words and stuff are, but when I when I tell you, uh, my sister in law was like, Aubrey was doing something and she's like, Oh my god, Aubrey, that's so ghetto, and Aubrey looked at her like she had no idea. She's like, You don't know what ghetto is, and Aubrey just looked at her and. In my mind, I'm like, do I feel bad for that, or I'm like, damn, like my kid when I my kids are green, bro, like for real,
1: and I and see, I'm terrified. ain't no wrong with that, a- ain't no wrong it's with not. that, but but to be honest, like as long as you have that conversation, it's like you're gonna be exposed to a lot of different things, but just let them know, and that's why I told my daughter, like anything that. You want to talk about, or you having an issue with anybody in class or something? I said just come holler at me. I said if you don't feel comfortable talking with me at the moment, I said we can go home and you can talk to your mom. You ain't even gotta let me know. Or I got good relationships with the counselors and the principals. Anybody you want to talk to, because with her going to the school that I work at, like she gets a lot of accommodations that a lot of a lot of other kids will never get, mm-hmm. and she has all that extra help. And that's me putting energy into her to make sure that she succeed because I would say middle school is the worst out of elementary, middle, and high school because middle school Never is where you are her. hey, hey, because it, it, it's, it's, it's where you start to find yourself, you start to find your style you start to find what type of friends you start to grow into um, a woman or your, your, your little manhood or you trying to you know, your testosterone is building or your hormones, whatever the case may be Like all of that is going on in middle school, which equals chaos. And, you know, I mean, that's the uncomfortable reality with it, but it is what it is. But as long as parents are not doing that, like my my daughter was coming home knowing rap songs, but she was knowing it from her friends because she played basketball. She was on the track team. uh, She was in clubs and she was learning a lot of these things from her friends that she was never exposed to. But yes, she didn't my take kid. it. Yeah, but she didn't Coming take home, it. TikTok and everything. Like, Where level. the hell y'all getting this from?
0: Why? Like, <laughs> right. right. So look, Mario, let me let me throw this live to you real quick. Because like I said, it's, it's it's great conversation and I love it. And I don't want to get here and, and water it all down, just going back and forth. But with you being military, does that kind of have an impact or influence, you know, on having to sometimes relocate and putting them in different environments like how does that impact them
2: so it's it's funny you you mentioned that because I think I the part I did last night I think I was talking about uh doing a doing a, a show on like military families cuz a lot of people don't understand it so my wife has been in November will be 19 years this month was 16 years for me in 16 years we have moved My oldest son, Jaden, that's my stepson, he's moved seven times. Uh, The rest of my kids have moved uh, six times. We're not at a place longer than two and a half, three years, maybe, just because we promote out of our job. So we've been to uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, Illinois, North Dakota, uh, Washington, D.C. I've been to Turkey. Like, so we... We've been a whole bunch of places and they use this buzzword in the military called resilience, right? And being seeing military kids go through what they go through is, is crazy. So, most military bases have their own elementary school, most of them do not all of them. So, a lot of times when they go to school, you're with military kids. So, and we live a very like bubble life, like we do, like you kind of. It's like a. I don't know if you guys ever been a military base, but it's literally like a little world in one place. I can go grocery yeah. shopping. I can go bowling. I can eat. I don't even have to leave the base if I don't want to. So, our kids only experience the little kids that grow up. You don't see a lot of public school kids or city kids because okay. just military kids. When we left North Dakota, and came was here was his first experience. Here was my my oldest son. His first experience with public school and uh. It's different. So you think like he's been around kids whose parents are like colonels and generals and, you know, command chiefs and they have all this power and their kids treat themselves like that. Like, oh, my dad is chief such and such. My colonel, my dad is colonel such and such. They run the base. So there's a level of privilege that comes with that. So when they go to a public school and people like, bro, we don't give a damn what your daddy do. We don't care how many deployments he's been on. Look, we about to go talk to these girls over here. You either in or you out. Why you dressed like that? Why you wear your shoes like that? Is that that North Dakota? That what y'all do? Like that what y'all do in North Dakota? Like it is. It was a very eye-opening experience. I've been very thankful that our kids have seen my transition well, but going from different types of friend groups. It's been a very interesting transition for us to say the least. So it's it's difficult some days, but they, they handle it okay. But just it's different going from a very privileged military world where you're on base and get everything to like public school, where it's just it's like an episode of the real world every day. So it's it's difficult. It's difficult and I don't know how these kids manage it, but they do.
0: As as though that's why I was like, you know, it just popped up in my head to to ask you that because I you know, I know for myself, uh my aunt, she was military, her and her husband. They were stationed in Germany for a long time, mm. and at one point they sent their kids back here to stay with my grandmother. But when they was going to school, they was getting in fights and stuff all the yeah. time. Military kids is like, bad as shit, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they just they spoiled,
2: they spoiled in they privileged, bro. So that that's all they know. They give me what I'm, my parents are this, so it's expected that you do this for me, and if you don't. Stuff cool good mm. stuff
0: that's why i was like you know i didn't know if it was a situation where it's like okay now they have to try to adjust and fit in or you know in in order to be classified as the end group they gotta be initiated and do this and that or you know what i'm saying you know like with kids it's yeah. it's so different and that's the part that i'm fearful of you know my daughter is so green Once she gets introduced to this stuff in middle school, it's like, I don't know if she's going to be enticed by that.
1: You see what I'm saying? Oh, she is. Because guess guess what? The the crazy thing, when my daughter, you know, she she was in a vet. So she was like the only black girl. There was no other black kids in there, for real. There was like one or maybe two other black kids, but they was only put in there because they was having trouble in the regular classes with other students. So separating them from the crowd, they would have better behavior. But my daughter didn't associate with them because she knew that, you know, they don't know how to act sometimes. But my daughter was getting teased because she didn't say the N-word. And they was all up on it saying that she was whitewashed. And, you wow. know, saying that, yeah, yeah, saying, oh, you whitewashed, oh, you goody two-shoes. You don't say the N-word. And they was trying to get her to say the N-word on the bus because I drove the bus too, man. I did it all. Damn, <laughs> they do it.
2: Yeah,
1: I drove the school bus. I drove the man, bus. Did, did coaching, man, I did it all. But so they was trying to get her to say the N words. She was just like, no, no. They was like, oh, you ain't really black. Like these are the things that she went to, but she held her ground and she didn't change for the peer pressure, which is things that we talked about. So she's hearing yep. what I'm saying. But those things are gonna come up because my daughter was green. Now, while she's taking on some of the lingo and she's listening to some of the songs and getting in with the crazies, the TikTok dances, and you know all that little stuff. But as far as when it's coming to her character, like she's not changing who he is, sh- who she is. And I hope you know she stays with that because I told her it's only gonna get more difficult the higher you go. Like That's this is true. only sixth grade, seventh grade you know, you're going to get into another level. Eighth grade, you're going to get into another level. And the one thing that I will say that I wish that these parents, like, don't you, dog, there are seven graders and eighth graders coming to the daggone school with lace front wig on, five-inch nails, eyelashes, cake on makeup, trying to show their belly, daisy-dukes. I'm like, what is going on to where your parents let you come out the house like at, at 12, 13 years old? And like, that's how we gonna this it, we're going to bring it,
0: and it's going to come full circle. Dirty. Oh,
1: man, yeah. You know, it's going to be another part Dirty. of this.
0: We're going to get down. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. it was like that in its own self and we ain't going to touch on it. Like I said, it's, it's a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it yeah. ended on a positive note. You know what I'm saying? We were able to laugh and, and joke about it and hopefully when more people hear this, parents hear this, it's like all right, I ain't going to be so harsh because I felt like yesterday my mind frame was, man, these motherfucking, excuse my language, and these parents like I was livid because I legit like I swear, like me and my wife contemplated going down there after we left that wedding. It was only a couple of blocks away. The weather was nice. I was ready to go out there. And if we would have went, we would have been out there at the same exact time that that happened. So I just got pissed like I was just pissed. And then when you see the images and how like everybody just standing there watching that, it's like I was angry. And that's where a lot of my comments and things were, were coming from, from that place. But now that we didn't had this conversation, like y'all done kind of made me like, you know what, I'm back to that soft spot that I was talking about. As a coach. <laughs> so definitely, definitely great conversation. We got to talking oh, about hey, military. Man. What's up?
2: Oh, so I will go ahead, go ahead. I, I got one more point because uh, about kind of what you can do to uh to try to alleviate some of the situations, but I'm going to let you go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Um, no, I was I was going to throw some kudos to you, man. And congratulations on your promotion and all of that, man. I appreciate, oh, congratulations,
2: man.
0: Appreciate.
2: man. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm getting old,
0: you know. <laughs> 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 go ahead with whatever you was going to mention. So I can't
2: remember if it was ear coach, but, you know, you guys were talking about solutions and, you know, what, what can be done and like you say there isn't a there's not a definite like do this and it'll work but I do have something that I plan on doing here once I come back from this deployment uh, that I want to start doing but it involves like everybody and one thing I've noticed about everybody that you've done on this podcast so far on this topic everybody's involved in something they're doing something with groups of kids Um, Mm -hmm. it was a long time ago when I lived in DC there was a I went to this church and they had a program called Project Graduation. So I got involved in it because I wanted to see what it was about. And basically, it was this group of men and women. They literally like almost sponsored a school. And they started from the eighth grade. And it was almost like a big brother, big sister program. They would come into the school. They would have uh, talks and presentations and things like that after school. If the kids played sports, they were there. You know what I'm saying? And it was almost like an extension of a parent. And basically, your job was, you were. I mean, you're almost like an addition to their parent. And you started with them from the eighth grade all the way till they graduated. And that was literally like what they did. So you just had this this huge group of people that literally just like put their arms around this huge group of kids. And it was open to whoever wanted to come. And I mean, they talked about leadership, uh, peer pressure, uh, drugs, fight. I mean, like just, I'm in very, very candid conversations. It wasn't like, you know, Oh, we are at church. We are here to pray. No, like this little girl is having sex and she got pregnant. Like, what can we do to like you know not you know have safer practices if that's what you choose to do, but what can we do to keep you busy to keep your mind off of that and the success rate they had for keeping like these kids that were somewhat labeled at risk like out of trouble was absolutely amazing and i I thought that was an awesome program, so everywhere I went, I just don't happen to be a coach, so whenever I stay after practice, we normally talk about like parenting uh life. You know, you got in a the fight. There was a kid not too long ago. We're doing summer league, and a uh, kid from Chicago, very interesting family situation. But there have been, like, so many teachers that tried to pour into him and didn't listen to him. But he knew me. He knew Coach from, you know, coaching him up or whatever. Him and his brothers got in this big-ass fight at school. And I literally walked up to him and said, Jay, what the hell's wrong with you? And he's like, no, nah, Coach, you know, he they disrespecting me. And I said, bro, so I'm literally having this conversation with him. I'm like, bro, you, you were the offensive player of the year for the school. Like, they know who you are. Congratulations. You're a role model now. Like, you're, you are an example to the people around you. You've got to be bigger than the stupid situations that are going to come your way. And for some reason, nobody else could get to that kid before the rest of the year, didn't have any issues. So I say all that to say, it takes time. And like you said, it's not, it's not something that's going to end overnight. Like, you've got to think these are learned behaviors that these kids have had for a long time. So it's going to take a while to break through. And honestly, you're not going to be able to help everybody. But it truly does take a village of people, like, doing their part. If DJ with his family, hey, call somebody else that's willing to help, you know, in, in, fill in and step in, in the gap. But as single parents and parents that are struggling, you have to be willing and open enough to say, hey, I don't have this under control. I need help. Like, what can I do? Like, who can I rely on? And I just found that to be really dope. So when I come back from my deployment, yeah. that's what I plan on starting when i here.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. And, and you are absolutely right, man. It's like when I do have these conversations, I try my best to bring everybody that I know can bring a great perspective to the conversation. So it ain't like, like I said, I don't want this podcast to just be a whole bunch of nonsense and this and that. It's like something positive is going to come
1: from it, man. So definitely. and I got, um, Yeah, on on my last note, like I I wanted to touch on what y'all was talking about yesterday when y'all was talking about, not yesterday, but the the first part uh, when y'all was talking about the kids have no fear and no respect. And I just wanted to touch on that real quick. And the thing about that is because of course there's no consequences. And you got to think here in our city, um, in Louisville, you know, all this stuff is going on because they shut down our youth detention center and I used to work there I worked there for a, a few years and like they ended up shutting it down like a couple years ago so like just 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 a quick scenario like I had two kids at my school that was involved in a fight we called the parents parents couldn't come pick them up so they had to sit at the school all day they refused they left school refused to come back we had to try to look for them. They ran all that stuff. We had to call the parents, whatever. Hey, it's a so-and-so. Well, we got a call back from the police. It was like, these two kids tried to break into a car and they tried to steal a car. And we needed y'all to come up and identify them. So me and the principal went up there, identified them They were both our kids, had them in handcuffs in the back car. I was like, dang, so what's gonna happen? Oh, we're just gonna send them back to their mom. That's it. Send them back to mom. N- nothing happened because we have no resources to be able to discipline these kids to let them know hey you keep doing this you're going to end up on lockdown right now but we have no facilities no more the only thing we got is camps and the camps are like hours away in like middle of nowhere in Kentucky and they're not willing to transport them kids so they just sign them over to the mom and they'll have a court date and then that court date won't nothing happen to them they might get maybe a little community service but that's about as far as it goes and you gotta think It
2: gives me the green light that broken. I can do whatever I want to.
1: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, like I said again, the system is still messing up these kids, and until we get these resources back, we're going to continue having these troubles. But as long as we're still doing our part, we can diminish that. We can you, diminish it. But you know but we're what? We're not going to get rid of it.
0: Before we get off here, I'm going to say this, just to piggyback off of, of, of what you're saying. I think the system... Is setting these kids up because I have a family member that went along that same path, constantly getting in trouble as a young teenager. They're documenting all of it. The minute he turned 18, they threw the book at him. They was waiting on him to mess up once he turned 18. And as a result of that, he's still behind bars at this very moment. And all his teachers and everybody else, they have it all documented. All the stuff that he was doing from the time he was 10 all the way up until he was legally able to be shipped off and at, at bars closed behind him. That's why it's a great conversation, man. It's like. Absolutely. It is. Could, we could talk about it
1: all day long. Hey, that's what they used to do at JCYC, though, you know? <laughs> at the <laughs> Youth detention Center for the kids. Hey, if they had a bad enough crime on your 18th birthday at 12 a.m., they will wake you up out of your sleep, get your stuff. You're going across the street to the adult jail. That was the birthday Mm. gift. Like, happy birthday. Like, you going over here. Like it it was crazy. Like they didn't play. That's what, like, I'm
0: telling you from dear close family member, like, I watched that transpire, and I was under the impression that. A lot of that fell back on the parent, but after listening to all of this, it all plays a factor the system, all of it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. a great conversation, man! I definitely appreciate y'all, man, for real. Mario, oh, I see thank you for got having me. Shirt man. on, man, you guys gotta raise up, man. Put that in the camera real quick.
1: <laughs> My therapist dude. made me do this podcast, man. <clears throat> hey, man, okay. and I like your podcast too, Mario. Hey, man, I've been yeah, listening to Mug. Hey, but that church episode, bruh, we gotta have a conversation. We gotta have a conversation on that one, I'm telling you. Man.
2: It's uh it's funny you say that I got to I talked to the lady today about uh about the merch. I did in my podcast yesterday there. the first lady flaked on me, but I got COVID right now allegedly, but I ain't got no symptoms. So uh, I think I'm Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday I'm I'm clear. So I'm gonna go meet with her. we gonna get the designs, we're gonna get the merch going. So uh yeah, like I said, man, like Adrian is the reason why any of this podcast happened. So, man, uh, appreciate y'all. Appreciate all the support, man. If you support me, you support Adrian. So that's how I look at it. Yes, support
0: sir. It. Hashtag support the homies, man. Y'all know the deal, man. So, like I said, <laughs> definitely appreciate it. DJ, appreciate your time, man. And we're going to have to chop Absolutely. it again, now, for real.
1: Yeah, no, the game's on. We gotta go. Right, right. Absolutely. Yes, toasted. No competition. coastin. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Amisha toasting. I feel so live. And I know why. That I can't deny. Amisha coastin, Giddy fine wine. Fools, mock liquor. Wish me, i